Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through. While giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. It's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free. So hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform. And the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to y'all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. 
BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. Oh, and today we will be doing... <laughs> What's that? I didn't know we were doing it like that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> this is real life, guys. This is real life. So here's the thing. I, I today was like, that I'm going to do the intro, Allison. I've got this. And then I thought she said more stuff in the beginning then so you know we're just gonna roll with it we're not even gonna cut this out this is real life we're gonna roll with it exactly hi guys sorry i know you're used to me usually being like so what's going on but i really want we want to just kind of go back and forth at this point because taylor introduces so well too so she was just gonna do the introduction whatever okay so this kind of like this kind of goes into like our topic today because you were saying i introduce well but i actually don't think I do. Like I, I'm so hard on myself and I want to talk a little bit about on that today, like what I'm currently going through in my life and things I'm currently working on. But I want to start with you first because, um, we're going to do just a little 30 minute update for you guys of things that we're both going through. And Allison starts with her acid reflex. I know some of y'all been keeping up with that on her page. So Allison, you get into that first. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've, I felt like this was a good thing, like a good podcast episode to have because I do get a lot of people that see my stories about my GI issues and my IBS and my reflux, but um, there's a lot of people that don't. And I really only post it on my stories. I don't really post a lot about my journey on my posts posts. So um, I think this is a good way to kind of raise awareness about all this other stuff too, because there's so many people that I've been hearing from that struggle with acid reflux and IBS and anxiety. It's crazy. So I was diagnosed. So you guys, I've said this before, I was diagnosed with IBS, gosh, maybe like 20 years ago or something. But I recognize now that I always had stomach issues as a child. They just, you know, didn't diagnose it really. What that was that? And so- Okay, wait, um, pause. Yeah. Pause. So how were you diagnosed with IBS? Okay. So basically I had a really bad acid reflux episode. Okay. And I was having a lot of like diarrhea. By the way, you guys, this is going to be you know, if you don't like to talk about poop, then you don't want to listen to this episode because well, I'm going to talk IBS, about poop a lot. <laughs> there's IBSD, IBSC, yes. and then IBS combination. So IBSD is IBS diarrhea, IBSC, IBS constipation, or you could have a combo of both. So you have IBSD. Yes. Okay. So I, okay. I struggle with mostly diarrhea. And, um, and I, so 
back when I was having, you know, constant like poop problems and um, was feeling still like nauseous. And then also my reflux wasn't as bad, but, you know, I didn't really know a lot about what was happening at that time. Now I think I can, it's still kind of bad, but I manage it the way I know what it is. And so I basically got a colonoscopy and and an endoscopy. No, okay. I got a colonoscopy first. Now, now that they now they can do colonoscopy and endoscopies at the same time, right. but back then I wasn't necessarily saying like a lot about my reflux, so they just did a colonoscopy, and then that's how I was diagnosed with IBS because they did a colonoscopy and everything looked fine. There was no so, and maybe you can speak to this more. I don't know, but um, from what like the research I've done and what I know about. IBS, it's if you get a colonoscopy, it's like what they're looking for is something that's severe, you know, either ca- like a cancerous or cells or something that's, you know, on your bowels that can show up as um, be tested for like celiac, which is if you're really severely intolerant to gluten or allergic to gluten or something. That's what celiac is. And they didn't find anything serious. So on one aspect, it was like, oh my gosh, such a relief. I'm okay. Like I'm okay that way. But on the other end, it's like, that's, that's all. That's all I got. <laughs> I don't know well, what else to so do. So IBS is like why I was like, hold on, pause. Tell me how you got diagnosed with IBS because I would say it's one of the hardest diagnosis to give because it is sometimes just thrown to people. It's like, we found nothing you have IBS and mm-hmm. it leaves a lot of people. And then they also say this to you, you have IBS and there's really nothing we can do for you is normally I mean, what you're told. Yes. And so a lot of people, it, it, they leave with such a, like, what, what is IBS? It sounds, it sounds so dangerous. Uh, and there's nothing I can do about it. What, but it is so individualized too. And that's the issue with IBS is finding your triggers is so hard. It's and so hard. And I'm I, sure I, you're, Main triggers anxiety, correct? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know. The chicken or the egg. I have no idea. Like, I get IBS and I get anxious. I get anxious and then I have to poop. I mean, I don't know. So, and it's a lot more too. It has to do with your diet too. You know that with the food that you eat. So, um, anyway, I've been struggling. So that's been a lot of my life. And I got diagnosed then because of that. And then I started having reflux issues and I got an endoscopy after that. And then I've gotten those done every couple of years after that. And so again, nothing serious with the endoscopy, thank God, but they definitely saw, um, you know, inflammation and that I, yeah. I, you know, had, and, okay, and so TMI, with, TMI what? mucus, did you have mucus in your stool? Oh, and undigested food. Um, okay. So they, they haven't, I've never gotten a stool sample. What? No, this is what I told my doctor today. I'm not even kidding. You, you're I said, lying. Why? I go, I said to him today, I go, why have I never gotten a stool sample? I'm like, I've never had that. I don't understand. And he said, well, that would only test for this and this. And I really don't think it is. No, you can't really not think it is. Come on. We are so advanced with stool samples to find so many things. There could be a parasite. There could be so many things. So this is why I am pretty much like you know, I talk a lot about self-advocacy because yeah, I can't – anyway, I, I have my other doctor I'm going back yeah. to and that's who I'm going to actually talk to about 
this other stuff, my naturopath, and I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I've talked, you know, I've updated you guys on, you know, my reflux the last couple months, and it's just been so bad. And, um, you know, I think there is obviously a connection between how much stress I'm under and how bad it flares up. Um, yeah. I mean, it pretty much started, honestly, I think about it. So I've now been to two doctors, a naturopath about two weeks ago, and now my gastroenterologist that did my endoscopy and colonoscopy two years ago. And it's so interesting to hear the different points of view that they have. And a naturopath is a holistic medical doctor. So they're, so he's going to know and educate me a lot more on like natural supplements and, and, um, and nutrition and diet changes I can make in order to help it and not just give me medication. And so my doctor today wants me to try a new medication. Well, so here's the thing. Here is something, and I'm actually certified in functional nutrition. I'm a clinical dietitian, but I have a functional nutrition side. And I actually just got certified for more testing with Vibrant. Um, So I can do gut zoomers, stool. I'm testing my clients with stool samples. Why naturopath doctors and functional nutritionists, why we do that is because we get to the core of what is actually going on in you and finding the exact imbalance that you have in your body. So if I do a test on you and you run for uh, your gut is imbalanced with this certain bacteria, you're low in this bacteria and you're really high in this bacteria or like your balance of all the bacteria is off, it's low. There's so much testing that a naturopath and a functional nutrition person can do versus a doctor because insurance does not cover it. So a doctor they're just not, it's not their field. And it's like the medication for, I will say this, the medication from your doctor today would help you. Oh, would yeah. I, no, would, I, would it get to the sole issue that could be going on? No, it won't. And unfortunately, it's kind of sometimes a mask. Mm-hmm. They're going to put a mask on you. Yeah. And that medication could do a whole load of other things. Like what if your stomach acid is just low? What if you're not producing, there's just so many things. And I'm so like, I just went through all this training to get more testing because I believe in these tests so much. And funny story, I just went to my doctor um, for my yearly checkup. I posted on getting blood work and I was just talking about some tests and she was like, yeah, those doctors are quacks. Like uh, you got to be careful with that testing. It's not FDA approved. And like, of course it's not FDA approved because the FDA is also involved in insurance. So Mm -hmm. they're not going to take the time just because it's not FDA approved doesn't mean it doesn't show us good facts about our body and our gut and what is going on in the inflammation. So I love that you are seeing both those doctors. Like you need two perspectives. Yes. Yes. And I was, I was sitting there today and I was going to say, I was going to comment to him about something um, like, oh, well, the naturopath I'm seeing put me on these supplements. What do you think? And I was like, you know, I'm not going to tell him that because I don't want him, you know, I, I want to just really, 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 appointment with my, you know, functional doctor, medicine doctor was amazing. And he's going to see me like every two weeks. And that's the difference. He's not just treating like one symptom. He's really helping me look for the root cause of what's going on. And personally, I don't want to be on like PPIs for the rest of my life. Remember when Uh, I talked about this, like a million episodes ago, how they wanted to put me on it. And I'm literally in my twenties 
And, and, and when you get on it, it's really hard to get off because your body gets used to making stomach acid and regulating your stomach acid with that medication. So when you try and get off your body, it's kind of like birth control. Your body is like, what, how do we, how do we do this on our own again? Like, I don't even know what I'm going to do because I don't know how, I mean, I'm going to have to work with my new doctor really on doing that when I do, because I've been on it for years. And oh, wow. by the way, a PPI, you guys, is like Nexium or um, Pepsi. Yeah. Z- Zantac was recalled, though. Oh, wow. Yeah. Don't buy I don't think you can buy it anymore. Um, so, yeah. So those types, I mean, I've been taking Nexium for years. So you and, have been on this. Yeah. But now he prescribed me Amesperol or something. Amesperol. And yes, it helps. It helps. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. What's next? But when that stops working, you know what I mean? It's like, right. That's what's so that's why I think being able to like at the at least get the, you know, I I was on the Nexium, but on this medication, like I'm trying not to stay on this. And he and I told him that. And now he's giving me another medicine that I'm going to research and just look up. So. You know, oh, the one thing I did, though, leave with, which I think, you know, I'm thankful for is I'm going to get an ultrasound of my stomach and, you know, my esophagus or whatever. So, good. I mean, at least there's that, you know, they and he almost almost wasn't even. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. He almost wasn't even going to do that because they're so expensive. And it's like only if like the person is literally about to die or something, you get an x-ray or you get an ultrasound. So I at least got that. So I'm going to get an ultrasound, which is fine. But um, I think I'm going to actually get so much more guidance with my naturopath. So basically, you guys, like I've, my acid reflux has been creating this. I mean, you can probably hear it in my voice. It's so raspy. Um, I've also considered going to an ENT. So I might actually find an ear, nose and throat doctor to see too. Um, just to get like all different types of perspectives. And um, my throat's raspy. My throat like, you know, feels very inflamed a lot of times. I've noticed now in the morning when I wake up and up until like maybe four o'clock, three or four o'clock, I feel, I actually feel good. I don't feel nauseous. My throat's really not like hurting much. And it's probably because I get more food in my system throughout the day. So it gets maybe more inflamed, but it varies. The nausea varies. I don't feel like really nauseous today, thank God. Um, but I still feel like the inflammation in my throat. Now, I have been able to eat today and not feel like it's coming up or anything. So I don't know how to – like the inflammation, if my throat is inflamed, I don't know what's going on there. So it's just – I just left being like, did I get much answered? Not really anymore. I mean, I've been getting more answered by doing something called the Acid um, Watchers Diet. And there's a cookbook that has been amazing called Acid Watchers Cookbook. Um, I got, again, we were talking about Facebook groups last week, Mm -hmm. the last time. I got that suggestion from one of my Acid Reflux Facebook groups. Wow. So, and that's another thing. Go on those Facebook groups, you guys. Um, There's so many people that struggle with the same symptoms I have and really talk a lot about functional medicine and, you know, what the root you know, getting to the root cause of everything. And so much of it is diet. And, you know, I'm just struggling with the psychology of it because I love food. And I'm really trying to like, 
wake up every day and find, you know, peace and positivity in every day. And um, there's a whole bunch of stuff too that I have now also figured out about my like history with myself and my childhood and maybe we should do that another episode, but it's not even that it's nothing like trauma when you think of trauma. I mean, it was right. But, but just stuff I didn't know about, like when I was really young and when I was in school, my mom had started telling me more. And I suggest this, you guys, if you have a relationship with your caregiver where you feel like they can be open with you about your development as a child, because I don't remember much about my life before like eight years old. I just don't yeah, remember things about my life. And there's a reason behind that. There's almost like if you're if you were brought up like from the age of zero to seven is a very, very formative years for a child where your brain is developing so quickly. And if if you were ever in an environment where your emotional needs were not met at those ages. And, you know, maybe you had a caregiver that wasn't attuned with what what you needed when you became sad or scared, maybe because they didn't know how to help themselves because they were scared at the same time or something like that, then that's what basically creates an anxious attachment style. Wow. So you become, you become just a ball of anxiety because you're not, you don't know how to regulate your own emotions. Wait, this is so crazy you're saying this because I relate so much to like, I feel like a lot of people, they know so many memories from their childhood and I, I like black out. I don't Me too. I think I don't. about things like my brother knows insane details and mm-hmm. I'm like, is my memory bad? Like, I don't There's know. No so my dad actually just got a bunch of our tapes created into DVDs and we were able to watch them recently. Aww. And my, my, uh, the way I acted in these videos, it's like, I could see how uncomfortable I was. And I said that I was like, mom, was I always this uncomfortable? And she goes, you just didn't like being videoed. But my mom was always videoing us. And she was so animated. Like, here we are in Destin, Florida. And like, look at Taylor on her. And I hated it. And you could see in my face, I was just like, uncomfortable. Like Taylor's first day of school. Look at her. Show us your snack, Taylor. And I'm just like, cringing. Like I felt that little girl as I was watching, I was like, oh my gosh, like, Look at her. Like she how does no one see Oh my gosh, I would love that she to doesn't see want that. that. I know I Because I that is so telling. Yeah. I was so quiet. Like I was literally in the background just like I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be anywhere but there. Well, it's funny because on the way home from the appointment, and my mom came with me because she came with me to the the um integrative doctor too, because I think she likes like she herself likes hearing what they say too, because she also struggles with some of the stuff and um, you know, she's very, you know, it's their generation's very old school. Like you listen to the doctor, what they tell you is right. You know, like you listen. So, but, um, and sorry, we get, we're getting off on a tangent, but you know that the, you know, your experiences in your mind are very connected to your body. So the reason I'm saying this is because I think it's connected with my flare up and things that I've been going through the last three months. So on the way home, I'm like, you know what, Ma, I don't know a lot about my childhood from like zero to seven. I just, I don't remember any of it. I don't understand. Can you tell me about how I was as a kid? I mean, what, how was I in preschool and like kindergarten and all this stuff? And she actually said to me, she said, you know, I think you were a little, I don't think that you 
so socially were like developed in a way that other kids were socially. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, and your mom knew this. I know. If it was good, I said, your mom. I'm I'm 40 years old and I never, we never had this conversation. And I'm like, well, why? What did you see? What did you notice about me? And she said, well, did she almost want to act like it wasn't there or like it wasn't happening? Okay. Sometimes, yeah, yes. And she does that a lot because I think she puts so much blame on herself for like not doing enough. Yes. Like like it relates to her, it correlates to her being a bad mom. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yes. So like talking about it is so hard for her because she doesn't want to actually. She she, uh, takes it as, I'm a horrible mom. I raised you and I did horrible, but you're just wanting to like know about it. I relate to this so much. Every time my mom and I get talking about my childhood, it turns into her being like, I was a bad mom. I raised you horribly and it's my fault. And then she cries. And it's like, you know, you, I know you wanted the best for me. I know you tried so hard, but sometimes you trying so hard and pretending like things were perfect and wanting things to be so perfect and not really noticing the problems or wanting to acknowledge the problems that were truly going on was unhealthy. And it's not your fault because you growing up, no one really looked at things either. Exactly. And this isn't me saying you're a bad parent. This no, is just no. me trying to figure out my life. Yes, 100%. And that's exactly what I said. I was, yes. you know, trying, I could see her going there. And I, I just said, you know, I just, I just want to know about how I responded to things. And yes. when I was upset or scared, how I was comforted because- not that it was bad or good, but all of that part of your life shapes literally so much of an adult's yes. worldview. From age zero to seven is a huge formative for your brain type of like years, all of those. And so being able to know more about that for me can help me make sense of things that I go through now. Right. And she said that about the social stuff. And I said, of course, oh my gosh, I have like social anxiety. I totally do. I've always had it. And Okay, I get that. And she said something that I had no idea about until I really felt this though a lot like in grade school. But when I was as young as four, she said I always looked older because I was like a taller kid, like a bigger kid. And she said that there would be like I would be out at a department store and I guess I'd have a temper tantrum at like four and people thought I was like seven or something and they would judge my mom for it and be like, why is she crying like that? You know, control your child. And that's her perspective of she remembers. So she, you know, goes back to her being like, oh, my God, I suck as a mom, you know, and it's not she didn't have. Also, you know, we for the first six years of my life, we grew up in this like farmhouse. It was very isolated away from other people. My mom hated it. She was depressed. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I can imagine that she's probably not putting all of her, you know, she had postpartum. I mean, And now I'm thinking back and I think about that house and I go, you know, I just feel like whenever I think of that house or that part of life, I think about just like being alone. I don't remember like being in my, like, did I play with dolls? I think I played alone a lot. I don't know. You know, I just don't. And so I have this and I, and right now I'm, you know, up until this point in my life, just feeling of being alone is so scary for me. It's crazy. So I think there were a couple times that when I was that age from zero to seven, I don't know which, what, it, you know, when it was specifically, but I'm going to like 
as a clinician now going back, putting the pieces together, my mom not saying specifically, I guarantee you there were moments when I was a child like that young where I was either really scared and didn't know where my mom was and maybe she was like somewhere else or I think I was I think I was not supervised a lot at that point in my life and I think I had to I didn't know how to soothe myself and I remember being scared and just not her not being there not all the time but I think there were probably some moments that when I was a child that that didn't happen when I needed it to happen and again not because it's like a fall no yes there was so much other stuff going on but it makes sense to me now why I have this like this this attachment anxiety and about like fear of abandonment I think that really is where it comes from because I is your mom able to see this when you explain it to her like the way you're explaining it to me or does it turn into a fight once again, think... not against her. And I, 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 know, I hear you, I Allison. Like, I hear you. I want I you know. to know I hear I you and I feel could... for you. And I think that, no, I don't think – I don't think she could. I don't think – I think she, it would be too much. I think she would still feel so bad. I think she would feel so bad about herself and yeah. feel so bad about the not being – like, if that were the case, about her not being able. Like, I just don't know if I would ever – Wow even want to say that like that's what know, it was to her because it would hurt her and she's an amazing mother she really is exactly my parents are she amazing seriously people. I know. is so wonderful and would do anything for her children yes. but at the point in those formative years of my life she was also depressed so yeah. that wasn't her fault like she was in an environment and my dad was traveling so much and <gasps> oh my gosh me too my gosh, really? Yes, yes. My dad worked like he has regrets nowadays because he worked so much. My mom basically raised us like every single day. Like they had yeah. a great relationship, like they mm-hmm. love each other, but he just what you know, like it was the olden days, like the man works, you know, all day, all night and takes care of the finances and the woman yeah. stays home. And did your mom work? Um, she did. She ended up going back to work and she was a teacher. Um Yeah. So she did. But again, like for any teachers listening, you're like the heroes. I can't imagine. And she taught um, special ed. I can't imagine having little children and also being a teacher. to to, to, I just can't. Anyone who does that that's listening and also has children at home, like you're literally saints. Like I just don't. So uh, she did. She did work. And I just I so I don't know. She I don't know if she doesn't remember a lot about it or if she just doesn't want to talk about it because she feels like a failure and that's so sad she relates those feelings to and sometimes i wonder if the anger and the upsetness is knowing but not wanting to acknowledge yeah like knowing that maybe she wasn't there and just it's hard for her to be like because she sees the other things like i provided for you i fed you i took care of you i got you to all your appointments i got you to school i did this i did this i i tried so hard to protect you and you're going to bring up this one part that was so crucial to you in your development because you were so aware. Were you an aware kid? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. 
Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't know. Probably. Okay, because looking yes. at these videos, I and my mom said this. She finally said this to me. We, this is so crazy. We're both having these breakthroughs right now. But yeah. looking at these videos, I was like, I observed so much. Like you could see me taking in the whole environment. My mom goes, you watched people. Oh, my gosh. You can literally see it in the videos. I'm just watching everyone. And I'm That's like, I'm so- not that quiet. Like I – Okay, but maybe I am. It's so weird. It's like I feel like I saw my brother being animated and like uh, the life of the party. And maybe I was watching that and thinking that equals uh, people paying attention to you and being funny. And so then like my growing up, I was always popular and had the popular friends and tried to fit in. But I don't think that was ever really me. But I equated that to people paying attention to you because I was in the background as a kid because I was just observing and I was quiet and no one's going to yes. mess with me. So it's like, there's just, I feel like if you can find videos of yourself, I'm going to try and yeah, I'm going to try listening. It's amazing. I have a feeling that I probably was similar to that because we're both like highly sensitive yeah. people. And I think highly sensitive children, yes, they are very aware of their surroundings and, and they're, they pick up on, yeah. They pick up on conversations like and and take on a lot more of them like adult conversations more than other kids would. Right. And I bet you when my mom, someone came up to my mom and said this to her about why is she temper tantruming? Oh my gosh, get that. I was probably right there and heard it. Yeah. And your mom probably said, "Allison, stop it." Yes. Cuz in that moment she was like she had yep. to show these of people course. I, yeah. I got my kid under she control. She didn't want to be judged. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so maybe so, from then on after her being triggered from someone saying that everywhere y'all went it was like Allison behave, Allison be good, Allison, Allison. You know what I mean? Cuz she had fear of that happening again. I'm thinking about like temper tantrums. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I would like what did a temper tantrum from me as a little girl look like? It's just like so right. crazy to think of because I actually was talking to my therapist therapist about this the other day, but like I have a really, really bad relationship with anger. Huh. Which which means when I say that, it's like I feel like the emotion of anger is so bad. Like it's just a bad emotion. So like when anyone's right. angry, you're just a bad person because you're angry. But anger is a very natural emotion. Not everyone needs to like react, be reactive when they're angry, right? Like you can be right. angry, but you can still be calm and you can still be like, I'm mad about this, but not have to show like violence or anything. But right. with anger, for some reason, I don't let myself get angry. Hmm. And then you blow up. Yeah. 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 And then wow. I literally do what I'm scared of doing. And then you're sad. I've seen this. And then I hate myself. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen you go through this. Yeah. Like you had that big blowout and then you were so upset with yourself for it happening. And then you were so depressed from it. It's like, wow. So anyone listening, I want you to find a way if you can maybe one, watch home videos or two, have a conversation with your parents. Bring up the stuff you don't or maybe have never thought of bringing up because a lot of people don't realize how much their childhood molded them into who they are. You might think of it as like, oh, I don't remember those years. So my subconscious doesn't remember those years. But exactly, it it does. It so does. And I'm, I, that's so crazy. We're both having this breakthrough at the same time because I would say I've been thinking and looking on this and actually going to start therapy for childhood 
not that I had a bad childhood, but just processing it. I want to process my my hidden feelings. I want to go through it. So, you know, it's funny after we were talking about this and like, it was actually a really good conversation because I didn't become, you know, defensive because my mom wasn't listening. She was listening. She also didn't become defensive because she thought I was blaming her. I think she knows I'm not blaming her and we're just talking. And so there was a little bit of that, but, um, when she started thinking about, it, she's like, "Hey, she's like, have you ever thought of trying hypnosis?" Yeah. And I was like, "Such a progressive thing for my mom to say." And I said, yeah, <laughs> "You're actually, like, are you okay?" <laughs> I, I have been thinking. I have been ta- thinking about doing hypnotherapy. Yeah. And for anyone that that doesn't know hi- about hypnosis or is like, "Oh, that's all hooey stuff." Hypnosis is just, you know, I mean, you should go and read about it. But it's it can be so effective for trauma. It's I mean, not similar, but if you think of like EMDR, you go into like a really deep sort of like meditative state. Yeah. And sometimes you can remember certain things when you're in that state. And obviously you do it with a professional. So if you have any trauma, you're not going to just like be um, exposed, you know, to this trauma and then like not be able to go back and know how to cope. But um you know, I've actually thought about about hypnosis and that's something new I'm going to look into because I think I want to try and really remember things. And I'm Allison, I'm a huge believer <laughs> in you never know until you try. I'm yeah. like you never know until you try. Yeah. Yeah. So it I'll, could I'll be, keep I've looked at I've looked at his at hypnosis as like I have too much control of myself that I can never get there, but like I said, mm-hmm. you, you got to give everything a try cuz you never know and I've literally been researching for special you have to look for like specialized stuff too like a therapist that truly specializes in like what you want to go through and what you want to process not just like general like I'm just really doing the research and like I want to go to someone who I feel like can just pull it out of me yes yeah completely honest you know what I mean right right good yeah no good I I think that that's you know again the self-efficacy definitely ask ask certain questions um, learn a little bit about hypnotherapy before you actually search for someone, learn about yeah. what it is, you know, see yeah. if it's maybe help, helpful for you, who knows. But a couple things that I've never tried before and I'm excited to actually try because I feel like I've been on this journey of healing for, gosh, like maybe like 15, 20 years that I've actually been aware that I have anxiety. I feel like yeah. I've always had it, but the awareness right. of having awareness. it, you know, yes. was like probably in my 20s. And, um, do you always get the question of people being like, uh, when did you first start having anxiety? And you're like, I think it's always been there. Like I do. I think I just finally acknowledged it and was like, how am I feeling? Like my feelings finally came to a head. You can't suppress them any longer. They're here and they're ready to say, take care of us. 100%. Yes. I am more aware today about, my actual, like the, my transition of anxiety, like when it transitioned into like a disorder, mm-hmm. I'm very aware of, of that now, but I definitely was having panic attacks way before that. I just didn't know what they were called. Right. And which is interesting. I was in school for psychology for like years and I still didn't even know that I was having like panic attacks. So because it's they like, can, they can manifest into so many different things. Like so your tantrum as a little kid could have been a panic attack. Of course. And you know I, I had mean? stomach issues as as a child all the there time. And now I say, tell every single doctor I go, they ask me that question. I said, it's been since childhood. 
I didn't know it back then, but I always had stomach issues. I was always nervous. Every single holiday when there was a lot of people around, I always was on the couch with a stomach ache because it was social. It was social stuff. And I'm recognizing that I have some social anxiety, which is very ironic probably to a lot of people that know me well because my entire <laughs> life I was the life yeah. of the party. Right. Me too. I was always the life of the party. Yeah. I was and a lot of those a lot of those years in my 20s I was that way because I was drinking and drinking right. helped me feel like not anxious. Right. Which obviously is not healthy at all and <laughs> right. alcohol is actually a depressant. Yeah. So it made me more depressed after I would drink it. And yeah, in the moment when I was actually, you know, dr drinking and stuff, you feel like this um, fake, you know, alternate view of reality because you're right. not in reality. You're, you're, you know, well, your mind finally not in your control. So it can be free. Yeah. 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 But then coming off of it, you, it's a depressed. I mean, I was so depressed and more anxious Absolutely. as I wasn't drinking. So, now it's like I have way more control over that. I right. I don't, you know, which I feel it's so crazy because some people drink to feel like better and when they are in that moment of like, oh my gosh, the anxiety's gone a little bit because of the alcohol. But then the anxiety is ten times worse the next day. Right. Because right. you're coming off of it. And that's now literally I, why I don't drink because I, I don't can't, I don't have days to give up. <laughs> I can't I don't imagine have the next day to be panicked. Me neither. And I can't even imagine going back to how I was because I feel no. so much more in control now. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I know. Back then. And yeah, it just manifests differently for everybody. Um, I think, you know, we now know so much more too. I mean, about the mind-body connection. Yeah. Um, I just posted on my stories today when I was at the doctor. They had this screen, this kind of like I saw. IPad. Did you see that? that. They had this yeah. like iPad looking screen thing that was like giving you education about the doctor's office. Like, oh, uh, this is what IBS is. And it had a little thing. And then there was a slide that came on about what does high functioning anxiety look like? And I took it a picture me, of it. Honestly, and put it shocked it, me. And I was like, anxiety education in the GI office. I love it. I love I it. because Oh, sorry. No, that's that's oh. I think this is such a good update on our lives, though, because what I was going to fill everyone in is that I think for so long I worked on getting rid of my panic attacks and like working on the panic disorder. Like to me, a big accomplishment was like, all right, sweet. I have no more panic attacks. Like, oh, amazing. And right, then it right, was right. like I got engaged or like, wait, I graduated grad school and then I got engaged and then I was focused on the marriage. And now like all that is past and behind me and now I'm like looking at things and I'm like let's get to the head of things like what are you truly struggling with that you push down every day I struggle with my uh caring what people think about me so mm -hmm. much like I I oh. like to say I don't but I do I, right. I I worry so much about like oh did they did they look at me like a certain way or something 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 and I'm realizing that anxiety in so many other different areas it might not be panic attacks but it's like I'm going through that journey now of like go, getting to a head of all the things that control me daily. Mm -hmm. And just that's so that's where I'm at right now. And like the childhood stuff, like that's really big because I think wow. I do have I think I have really bad social anxiety. I think I really do. Yeah. It's like sometimes I'll be talking with someone in person and I start like blacking out and I'm like, what did they just say? And then I get anxious. Wait, I forgot what they said. So now I don't know how to reply. And then it's like, oh my gosh, now where am I? And then it's like, I hope they don't notice this on my face. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, you know, 
I, I'm sure, I, I think you might've said this, that you struggle with this too, because a lot of people that have that sort of, um, that, that nervousness about what other people think a lot are people pleasers too. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I so like to you, think I'm doing better with things, but it's like, you got to get it to head. Like you have to really open up how you truly feel. Like you can act and say all day, like, I'm happy. I'm fine. And like, you can claim it. Yeah. But it's like, how do you really feel? What are your thoughts? And like, I went on my notes list and I made a list of what are things you truly want to let go of? And I wrote like seven things. And I'm like, I want to let go of these thoughts. Like, I don't want them there anymore. I'm sick and tired of acting like I'm better from them, but I'm not. Like um, my disordered eating in the past. It's like, yes, I wake up every day and I'm like, I worry so much about gaining weight. Like I truly do. Like, why are you exercising so hard? But it's like, I don't think it's just me. I think there are so many women who have the same, it might not be an eating disorder. It might not be a disordered eating. I might not have that anymore, but it's like the thoughts are still there. Like you can't get fat or else X, Y, Z will happen. It's like people won't love you or uh, you won't be enough. You know, it's like all these, like just knowing that I'm enough and like, yeah. It's just just a lot to process and like it's to let so, go of. It's so like everything you just described there sounds so much like the clients I work with and I do cognitive behavioral therapy with. And not saying that that's just the end all be all of the type of therapy, but right. so many people that struggle with anxiety, it's so effective because so many times people with anxiety have so much intrusive thoughts that are really irrational. And you have, we struggle with certain core beliefs that were not enough. And changing those core beliefs is probably the hardest part of the entire thing. And I think that's actually a lifelong process is trying to really change core beliefs because um, working on reframing thoughts and rewiring the way that you think, that's very effective. And that can actually Mm -hmm. happen pretty quickly if you're someone who really wants to kind of try and really shift the way that they think. And that can I also be think helpful. like surrounding yourself with people like you and me who like we could say these things openly yes. and you're looking at me like a normal person and it's not like we have to live this fake lifestyle of like let's only t- talk about the good. So like I've even looked at my friends and been like who am I really myself around? Like if I'm around people and I'm like they're my good friend but am I really myself around them? Like do I really want to keep that up still? And so like, there's been people in the last few months I've cut out and I'm like, I feel good. Yeah. Am I lonely sometimes? Yes. But it's better than getting ready, going to these events or hanging out with these people and being at the end of the day, coming home so exhausted because you're not you and you're not being authentic to who you really are and having the Mm -hmm. conversations you want to have. So finding the friends that, and, and being okay with having two to three good friends. You don't need 100%. a group. 100%. And to be honest, Taylor, I can't – like everything that you're saying, it's so crazy. You are literally me 15 years ago. <laughs> like seriously, in my 20s when I was doing – when I was like drinking, although you are very more level-headed than I was at 20 – how old? 26? 24? <laughs> yeah, 26. <laughs> I, you're a lot more level than I was. <laughs> you're like, wait but a second. I, <laughs> Maybe when I was I 35. Say, when it came, yeah, that actually, it was probably up until I was 30. And then when I was yeah. 30, it really got into the mindset of like, wait a second. I yeah. actually, what am I doing? Hanging, no, not e- I mean, not even what am I doing, but like, why do I hate myself when I'm around this person? Yeah. 
Why do I feel like I hate, like I literally, this person does not make me feel good about myself. Right, right. This person is constantly talking about other people all the time. Yes. Um, that's all Which this person so cares about. taxing to your mental health because I if mean, they're horrible. talking about other people to you, I think it feeds those thoughts of what other people think about you because you're around so many people who are always talking about people that you're like, everyone else must be talking about other people. So someone out there is talking about me. Totally. Does that, yeah, well, it, like it feeds yes. it. It's, it's like not people upbringing people. It's people always bringing no. down people because truly deep to the core, those people who are talking about people hate themselves. Well, of course, then they're, yeah, they're insecure. And so I started recognizing that, you know, there was a difference between someone that I was around who maybe we were, you know, discussing one of our friends or family members because we care, we were like worried about them versus like, oh my God, she's such a bee and blah, 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 you know, and then the other, and then I started noticing too, the people that just wanted to get drunk all the time. Like, that's not what I want to do all the time. How are uh, that's not a real friendship either. I, at the end of the day, did they really care about Allison? That's what I mean. Like, or if Allison didn't want to go to the party, would they be your friend? Yeah. But guess what? At the end of the day, I didn't even know who I was without that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was more about figuring out, like, what do I actually find enjoyment in? Yeah, Because all I'm doing is drinking and going out. And that's actually not fun. That actually yeah. makes me feel sick physically. And also, it doesn't make me feel happy. It makes me anxious. And yeah. I feel like I have so much more. There's so many more amazing things in this world to do than just that. I was so wrapped up in social stuff and like making sure everybody liked me all the time and that I was like the life of the party and I was popular because I think I had so much social anxiety my entire life just being liked and also by boys too. Having boys' Mm -hmm. attention was Mm -hmm. just like, oh my God, that euphoric feeling for me because I just, that was the only way I was getting validation that I was worth something. Yeah. Wow. So now, so I'm, so at your age and I started in my 30, you know, God, I got to 30 being like, I need to reevaluate my friends like you're doing now. I need to be okay with knowing that I'm reevaluating them and that I might lose some of them. And that's okay because if, if they want to be around the new me and the me that I'm going to love because of all the things that I know I love and they don't like that, then I don't want them around me. I've, I've, so this would be my second reevaluation of friends. So I've told you the first time when I did, we went to an event. It was my friend's bachelorette party. And while we were there, one of the girls asked one of my friends, Does Taylor hate us? Because I was so changed. They couldn't even like, they're like, Who is this? And it's almost like people start to almost look at you as you, as you're better than them. And that scares them. Totally. It scares the crap out of them. They're like, she's doing things with her life. Like she's, cause they want that, but they don't know how to, they don't get it. They don't get it. There's just, wow. This is like crazy that this conversation, I think turned into something. It took a turn, turn. but it, but it is, but it is an update on our lives. And I think a lot of people, especially young girls, we do have a young audience of like 18 through 35. I think this is the age and time where it's like, stop wasting your time with friends who don't care about you and that you are focusing so much on things of this world rather of yourself well actually because we because we're we've we're kind of like over time a little bit because i know we both have appointments but you gotta go i i will say 
today we were talking about, okay, like we want to talk about the next few episodes. What do, what should we, you know, talk about? I was going to say, why don't we talk about friendship anxiety? Yeah. So why don't we do that? Why don't we yeah. do that one next week? Yeah, we'll, we'll do we'll that talk next. A little I think bit that's going to be amazing. About, um, about friendships and how anxiety, you know, relates to friendships and, yeah. and maybe other relationships too. But yeah. I'd say with friendships, because with what you're going through, I feel like you could have so many good tips on oh, yeah. how to, how to navigate that. And I definitely have come so far <laughs> and feel like at this point in my life, I'm still navigating, you know, I'm still meet you meet new people all points of your life, which is great too. But once you're aware of who you are and what you really love to do and what brings you joy, you're going to like the people, the people that you, it's just, there's something about, I can talk to someone for five minutes and know that that's a person that I want to be around. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you. Like I, I know you. that. You're like, I don't want I'm that like, energy in my life anymore. Yes. And yeah. then I can be around someone who, for five minutes and be like, whoa, no, that is not someone I really want to hang out with again. <laughs> yeah, like, ah, oh, nice it's to meet you, bye. <laughs> so quickly, yeah. And, yeah. you know, a lot, of, a lot of the people I end up spending time with now are very invested in similar things as I am, like my spirituality yeah. and, and, you know, healing and mindfulness and a lot of that stuff. So um, it's a lot of a it's – a, it's, it's, it's a really hard thing to do, and that's about boundaries too, but – I'm excited for our next episode. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But that's well, a little bit of my update. Yeah, you're I will, 10 minutes over. <laughs> uh, we're 10 minutes over. But I will, if you guys want to follow my like reflux journey, I do it on my stories. So go to the Anxiety Healer and check out. Um, you can also look, I have a highlight on my page called IBS Gut Info. And it literally talks about the past two years or so of what I've been dealing with my IBS. So you can get a lot of good info there. Um, and another update that's positive. I just finished my book. <gasps> I handed wow. in my handed in the wow. manuscript. So it'll guys, be next January, right? January twenty um twenty two. The anxiety God, healer. Crazy to say. It's called, it's called the anxiety healer's guide: coping strategies and mindfulness techniques to calm the mind and the body. And it's amazing, and it's going to be awesome. You have no idea. It's it, there's a workbook at the end of all healing tools. There is chapters on. There's body breakthrough chapters about breathing, visualization techniques. I talk a lot about CBT. There's going to be cognitive behavioral exercises. It's like awesome. And therapists can use it. I'm like so excited to use it in my practice with my clients because it gives a lot of great tools to use with clients. Okay. Well, don't get too big for our podcast, okay? So, oh, please. (laughs) Don't leave us. I just hope I... I know. I just am. I just know now that um, I have like my parents and three friends buying it. So yay! Hey, that's enough. You got for me. me. You got me. I, I told you I'm going to come to a book tour. If you have a book tour, I'm You're coming. You're so cute. Oh gosh. You're I'm so. Sweet. I want it. I need my mind. There will be um. There'll be more news on that. But anyway, that was a really positive thing because you know I needed yeah. to to get some of that. So yeah, that was a great combo. So uh, bye, friends. All right, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. 
And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them, all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.